0: like macho films. They really get my pick. Well, I like arty films. I think they're so sick. What if I pick? Yeah, and then I pick? Alright, Bryce? Okay, Nick. Let's not waste time. Can you? Give me a flick. It is a very special I Christmas edition. Ah, oh, why did you choose this fucking song? Oh, don't. Come on! You know, this is off the back of an ABBA episode, so you're already in the shit here. Would you prefer Crazy Frog? Uh, oh. Wait. Did, the, did Crazy Frog do a Christmas theme? Well, he did one called uh, Jingle Bells Last Christmas, which we have in the system here for some reason. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> this is... It's Doesn't cool. that make you want to pop a little bit of festive MD and just... Oh. Come on, man. What are you doing on Christmas Day? <laughs> popping bills, popping molly. Really, it's a special time. Christmas molly. Ricey, yes. this week we are putting our differences aside, and we yeah. are going to watch a movie that we both love, and it's yeah. a Christmas movie. Yes, we had the draft earlier in the week where we basically made up a game and figured out a way to come together to decide on a Christmas movie we both like. I'm not sure how this is going to go down, but I want you to know because we're doing this together, mm. and we. So- I want to form a truce. Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't want to fight with you this time. I don't want to fight with you. I don't like agreeing with you any more than the next <laughs> man or woman or child, but that is what this is about. All right. It's Christmas. Th- this is a Christmas cast. So 1984 yes. is the year that the film Gremlins was made. It's now mm. 45. It's a 7.3 on IMDb. It's a comedy. It's a fantasy. It's a horror. It's a fantasy. Baby, this is a 86% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 78% audience score. Admittedly, that's not as high as I would have thought. I actually would have thought that the audience score would be higher than the critic score on this one. Yeah, I do as well. It's not a well-renowned, critically acclaimed film. Do you it's, know what I mean? It's, it's it's like a cult classic, right? Well, it's something that lives in your heart. It lives in... Oh, oh, that's lovely. But you've got to think about it. Like, in terms of this movie, right? $11 million budget. That's pretty high for 1984, I'd say. Is that a high budget? I don't know. Eleven mil million isn't very much. What would, like, What would like a budget for a home alone be? I don't know. I'm not an accountant. Oh, what I'm saying is, is that this is not a high-budget film. Yeah, that's fair. But it made $212 million. Uh Very, so, very good hit. ROI. Mate, that is a huge hit. For considering, all right, have you heard of, because I had to obviously look this up doing some research for this film, have you heard of any of these fucking actors? I have heard of Phoebe Cates. Tell me about Phoebe Cates. I yeah. want to know more. Well, no, well two years before, <laughs> she did a film called Fast Times at Richmond High. Oh, is she Richmond High? She's Richmond High. Woo! And famously in this movie, she reveals her breast to the world. Yeah. And Shows then they were a little bit worried about casting her in sorry, go on. Sorry, no, I cut no, you off. Know, you know no, what, no, I'd no, love no, to hear what you no, have say. I'm happy to leave that where it lays. They were a little bit worried about casting her in this film because obviously it's a family film. Yes. And that was um I was pretty racy. Well you say family film, right? But can I tell you a fun fact about this film? Mm. This film is actually partly responsible for the creation of the PG thirteen rating. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Well, Let me tell you what mental floss has to say about this one. Truth be told, it's Steven Spielberg who was really responsible for the introduction of the PG-13 rating. Both Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune, which he directed, and Gremlins, which he executive produced. I'm going to get back to that later because that's an interesting thing about that. Were rated PG upon their release and subsequently criticized for not being kid appropriate. To avoid being slapped with an R rating in the future, Spielberg suggested that the MPAA add a rating between PG and R. So we were leading up to Christmas before that quote started. Yeah. Now that quote is finished. Yeah. And Happy New Year, you everyone. Well an done. an awful person. My, and I just... Why You know what? That is an interesting... But the amount of times I let you just go. And you, I've, mate, you've had some rippers well, I'm in an season in one. Kind of guy. You've had some rippers. I'll give you a little fact and then I'm done. What was the episode of the season this year? I forget what it was, but I was like ready to wrap up and you did this monologue about film school or something. And I was like, bro. Hey, all right. Hey. You, you're stepping away from the truce. You introduced the truce and now you're doing you this. You called me this, mate. the C word just a, m- a few minutes ago. I'll give you two C words Chris Columbus, the director. <laughs> Of uh, Harry Potter, Bicentennial I, Man, read one of the great- Bicentennial Man? He did Bicentennial the Man. Robin he did is Home Classic. Alone. He did Mrs. Doubtfire. Fuck. And he directed, not this film. He wrote yeah. it. He's, he's a really interesting one because he has written some big films. Obviously, this being one, Christmas with the Cranks. Christmas, Christmas with the Cranks. Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Big Christmas fan. Uh, the Goonies. One of the most loved. The Goonies. That is, that is an adored film. I love The Goonies. Hey, I'm a Goonies guy. So he wrote this, he didn't direct it. It was directed by a guy called Joe Danter, who uh, are you familiar with his catalogue, Bryce? Can you run run me through a few? Well, are you familiar with uh, the original Piranha film shot in <laughs> 1978? Or perhaps Absolutely Looney Tunes. Not. What about Looney Tunes back in action? The sequel seen, to I have seen Looney Tunes back in I action know, when I fan. was when I was a wee below. Have you ever seen uh some of the remakes of Hawaii 50 that ran from 2011 to 2017? Oh, who was in that? It's not important who it is in <laughs> that. It's important who <laughs> directed that. The Big Joe Burger. Which is the Big Joe uh, falling off Well. All well, right. F- so it's quite f- from grace say, after this I'd yeah, say. Yeah, well so so it's fair to say that this was his greatest commercial success. To your point about actors, this also this stars Jack Gallagher. Yes. He featured on an episode of Melrose Place, <laughs> Star Trek Voyager, and Love Boat The Next Wave. So not even the original Love Boat series. And don't forget, baby, he, you'll also find he got another leading uh, role in a film after this. Gremlins 2. <laughs> the, the new batch. Made his way in back. 1990, found his way back. They probably paid him a fair wage. That is Joe Dante, the director's favourite Gremlins movie. Doesn't really like the first one. Oh, but he's a new batch guy. The sequel is his favorite film. So the nineties was a funny time because I remember Home Alone did a similar thing, right? You're a Home Alone guy, yeah? Ooh, yeah. Home Alone's a wonderful film. That's probably my Christmas film. Always finds its way on in the house around that time of year. Just one second before we go, honey. Do you believe that this is a Christmas movie? My criteria for a Christmas film because I'm I'm of the I'm on the right side of the fence with the Die Hard argument too. And politics. A, oh, a Christmas film is identified as a film that is based in and around Christmas with a Christmas element. So like Die Hard, he's going to visit his wife for Christmas. Bang. Christmas film. This movie is set on Christmas Eve. Christmas film. See, I I wouldn't have considered this a Christmas movie because I don't think just a movie being set at Christmas time is a Christmas movie. But, but the Christmas element is what you're saying. Yes, here. Oh, I think there's and a so Christmas element in this. There's song. a big Christmas element to love, actually, and to the Santa Agreed. Claus, of course. Yeah, and to this, uh, I guess so. There's a Christmas moment. It, it, there's a really strange moment in this uh, script. Yeah, where the character played by Phoebe Cates talks about her dad yeah. having died. Yeah, let's, let's have a listen to. To That moment, there's a set, it goes for about 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's a story about how she discovered that Santa wasn't real. Fireman came and broke through the chimney top, and me and mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird, and instead, they pulled out my father. <laughs> so it was absurd dressed in a Santa Claus suit he'd been climbing down the chimney on christmas eve his arms loaded with presents he was going to surprise us what he slipped and broke his neck died instantly Wait for and that's how i found out there was no santa claus
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's your so, christmas element there eh? you
0: go baby but you know what's funny about you know you rewatch this movie later on in life i mean watching this as a kid I don't think I understood the comedy elements of this film. Like, Mm. it definitely felt more like a kid's horror movie, like a goosebumps sort of thing when you're a kid. But then, like, the older you get, you realize there's a lot of comedy in this thing. They really do throw a few gags at you here. Well, when Chris Columbus was writing it, he wanted to be quite edgy and culty, like you're saying. And then, between Spielberg. And I think what Danter wanted as well. They yeah. wanted it to be more glitzy, glam, Hollywood, yeah. wide release. Which would have actually killed it, probably, if you think about it in the meantime. Yeah, but obviously they sort of geared it more in that direction, but it was that scene that stayed. How smart they were too, right? Because this movie, I watched the trailer in like lead up to this to see if, you know, I wanted to grab or something. And one, it's titled Steven Spielberg's Gremlins. Really? Mate, that is how that, you know, and that is such a common trick- in this day and age when they get when they want a name attached to something like they'll they'll put Eli Roth's blah blah for a horror movie because yeah. Eli Roth is like king of horror but he's only exec- he was the producer or he maybe just threw yes. some money at it. He's got yes. nothing to do with it. And it's often when there's a no-name attached to the, to the direction. <laughs> so, like, I remember that movie Hell Ride that came out and it said Quentin Tarantino presents Hell Ride. and it's Michael Madsen on a motorcycle and it's supposed to be like... Right. And Tarantino what, produced it? Executive producer. Yeah. Threw a bit of cash at it. Taking you for a trip down memory lane. About yeah. 10 weeks ago, you come up to me and you go, so our episode this week is on uh, Modern Times... I don't know that people are going to know what that is. Do you have an issue if we call it Charlie Chaplin's Modern Times? Correct. I said, please go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> because we could have gone in a few different directions. That, what the fuck is Modern <laughs> Times? Right. And that's Charlie the reason Chaplin. we're still here today. The podcast could have been cancelled beforehand. Exactly. Can we go back to your point on yeah. Home Alone? Of You're course. talking about Home Alone. Yeah. So Gremlins had a sequel. So you've got Gremlins and then you've got Gremlins New Batch. Mm-hmm. And then you had Home Alone and Home Alone 2 Escape to New York or something to New York. The one with Donald Trump. The Donald Trump one, where effectively what they do is, and this was a very, this was a big 90s trope, what they would do is they would effectively recycle a plot Mm. and just put it in a new location. So Mm. Gremlins 2 is Gremlins 1 in an office building. Oh, that's interesting. Home Alone 2. Is Home Alone one in New York? It's the exact same plot. Like you could almost beat for beat, pick exactly what's going to happen at each point. And that's what a money saving thing or audience I, recall. It's money. That is that was the uh, that was the Hollywood uh, quick way to make a dime. It's just, oh, well, if we really need to make money this Christmas season, yes. release a movie that was extremely successful a second time yes. and just. Oh, how do we how do we spruce it up? How do we make it fresh? Let's chuck Kevin in New York City, baby. When you're watching this film and you see the small town that it's set in, yeah. does it look familiar to you? No. If I was to say it's exactly the same town as Back to the Future, oh There we go. That's money fun. saving, my friend. There you That's go. That's where you get a dollar. That's how the Hollywood execs get their buck. That makes sense though. I mean, if, I think this familiar setting thing probably helps to be to make it aesthetically pleasing for people to watch, though, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> should Uh-oh. we talk about the plot? Yes. In fact, well, i just dim- quickly so it's the story of a young man inadvertently breaking three important rules mm. concerning his mm. new pet and unleashing a horde of malevolently uh, mischievous monsters on a small town. Mogwise. Mogwise, which is Cantonese oh. for devil. Beca- and that's because this Mogwai is purchased in like effectively what do you call those little stores? Go on. Don't. Go on. Don't. Chinatown. Is that Duh, what you're saying? You know what? It's a store. Alright, fine. You want to, uh, like an op shop. There are three rules when it comes to uh, yes, I'm Distancing myself from that, but we yes. will come back to it in just a moment. These are the rules. You know, there's some things I forgot to tell you guys. And they're really important. Number one, he hates bright lights. We know that. But you've got to keep him out of the sunlight. Sunlight will kill him. Number two, keep him away from water. Don't give him any water to drink. And whatever you do, don't give him a bath. And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight. Mm, that's the important one, that one. The no bright rules, apparently had to be added for no other reason hmm. than uh, the fact that the director wasn't able to navigate uh, the well perilous waters I have here as a quote of the special effects um, because of all of the puppets, but by keeping them in the dark that he he camouflaged the problem yeah, so they added that rule oh right, and but- they look good, they look really good, mate, honestly, this movie looks great. they were all going to be evil. Little characters, because obviously you get them wet and they turn into. Yeah. You know, they go from being cute to, to terrifying. Being awful, yeah. which is you when you don't get enough protein. Uh, but, oh. but when you see, when the turn happens, there's this one, so Gizmo, who's the really little cute one. Alright, do you think Gizmo's cute? I think Gizmo might be the cutest thing that exists on planet Earth. He's adorable, He's he, adorable. he didn't really exist. Uh, Gizmo and Stripe, who's the really evil one, they were the same in the original. Oh. And then Spielberg came along and he said, this is too much. We need a little mogwai that the audience can get behind. Later. And so they created Gizmo. Gizmo's so cute, bro, and his little noises, his little, brrrr, you know what I mean? It's a little. It's not a little. It's not a little. Huh? It's a little. Brrrr. Well, I'm just <laughs> it's a saying. Lot to unpack. A Furby, That's you know, because he looked like a Furby, right? Like he, he almost looks like he was directly modelled from a Furby. Well, could we switch that around and make that a fact? Because in the 1990s, the Furbies, my friend, were based on Gizmo. I am a fucking genius because I didn't know that. Well, maybe I should have been more in the know because if I'd have done it, a... just a bit of research, is just, all research I'm asking, in, just a bit of research. Let's talk <laughs> about your issue with this film, which Aww. is the Chinese people. Ah, here's the thing. Mm. Even though I'd love to have a go at you, it is Christmas, and so it's I'm going to come to the dark side. And and so much of this film, you couldn't really make this film anymore. So this no. movie, the. Man who purchases the Mogwai, he goes to Chinatown and mm-hmm. he's an inventor. Yes. A fa- like a shit inventor, right? Like he's not Absolutely. Or struggling. Yeah. yeah. Unsuccessful. Yeah. And he goes there and he finds these this little creature, the little Mogwai, who seems perfect, really mm. fit for purpose, exactly what he's looking for, yeah. and then takes it home and then all hell starts to break loose. Yeah. And the thinking genuinely being that this film is a commentary on... Chinese industrialism taking over small town America. So I don't know if you notice when you're listening, when you're watching the film and you hear quotes like this. Here's here's a selection of three quotes, and we'll we'll knuckle down on the final one. But there's a couple of quotes that really emphasize this point. Goddamn foreign cars. Goddamn foreign TV. What What are they doing? We're watching Snow White. And they love it. Now. Okay, that last one's really interesting. It's really interesting. Because who made this film? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. How much would they have to pay for the rights of Snow White, a Disney film? Mate. An obscene amount of money. That doesn't happen. So it was so important to Spielberg and the filmmakers to obtain the rights they would have forked out an incredible amount of money. That's extraordinary how much they would have had to pay for that. And you have a listen to the Mogwai in the cinema watching "Hi Ho" and just loving life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Thinking, that. Bryce, yeah. that that these are representative of the Chinese influence that's come into small-town America really excited. They just want to work. They want to cause chaos. That is... That is extraordinary information. The hidden theme of this film, which means that we've probably only got one or two Christmases left to be able to watch it and enjoy Uh, it. Wow. Before it exposed. Yeah, Yeah, right. This is big-time news. Um, All right, well, I'm glad we got in when we did. (laughs) That's right. Because I spoke to to someone in our workplace the other day who was trying to get Chris Lilly cancelled. So if Chris Lily can get cancelled, an Australian treasure. That's right. For once upon a time impersonating a Samoan teenager, then what chance is Gremlins? I know, exactly. For invading the Chinese. And if you can't come dressed as that Samoan teenager to a work Christmas party, then what are you uh, going to do in the future? You, you know, know what I mean? What? That is absolutely horrendous. What have you got left? A white male can wear a denim jacket and not be cultural appropriating. Hang on. So if we're going to give this movie a rating, does, do we give it a rating? How I, satisfied no. are you with it? I, uh, watching it again, mm, loved it. Absolutely. Loved it. I think it's a fantastic film. It's, and you know, yeah, go, go again. Give Amelia another <laughs> There she is. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Amelia. <laughs> that sounds more accurate. That's a more, that's a more satisfied noise that I'm used to. <laughs> Just like a vague, quiet sort of like. Uh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, wi- a whimper of, you did the job, but you know. <laughs> did you go above and beyond? Did you go full crazy, Frog? <laughs> oh! <laughs> I guess that I the was first time. Was going to come in because <laughs> he like, he wrote the pretend bike, right? Yeah, the crazy bike. Yes. yeah. Ma, ma. yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that's extraordinary. Hey, tell me a little bit about what you're going to get up to on Christmas this year. I am going to be on the Gold Coast for Christmas. Wonderful. See and dear old da. See dear old dam Lovely. I'm going to be on a beach. Mm. I think I know what you're leading to. Mm. I on. booked a. I booked a short cruise two days ago. That is that is interesting and information. That's, Can you that's, tell us about your cruise? Yeah, it's just two nights at sea, <gasps> going with my uh, girlfriend Tony. Brr. We're gonna go out, enjoy some sun, enjoy mm. some cocktails. Cocktails. It'll be brilliant. sit by the pool. Absolutely yummy. Tell us about the cruise. What's happening on the cruise? I think there's all kinds of entertainment. Oh oh, entertainment. Who's, who's entertaining you? It's a Disney cruise, all right, <laughs> mate. It's a Disney cruise. <laughs> You're going to do some Snow White? This will yeah. be us. <laughs> <laughs> hi-ho, hi-ho. Six it's pina hot, coladas deep on go. the Lido deck. <laughs> Why are you going on a Disney cruise <laughs> in Mate, December, bro? it's fun, bro? okay? I oh know you've got an issue with fun. God. No, I love fun. I just don't know. You are gonna. There's going to be a lot of children on that cruise. Uh, yes, there will be. Look, anyway, it's fine. We'll deal with it. Where are you going to be, Brycey? What are you doing? No, I'm going to be at my parents' place on the central coast here in Sydney. I'll be taking my beautiful girlfriend with me. She's going to hang out with the parents. She's actually watching us uh, in the airlock today. Hello, baby. Okay, but, now turn to her and talk to her as well. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I shouldn't have said that to you. <laughs> Mate, that's it. We are that's back it. in the new year, a brand new, new season. Year. I've already watched some films that I know you're going to hate, and I can't wait to give them to you. I figured that would be the case. I think I know. I, I, I get first pick, don't I? Sure. Well, you'll find out what that's going to be. Episode one next year, baby. We're back in Jan. We will catch you then. We're back in Jan. We are back back in Jan. Have a wonderful festive season. Enjoy, brother. Take care.